Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Amen. You may be seated tonight. It's May 3rd, 2018, just a little over two months ago that our president, Donald Trump, hosted the National Day of Prayer at the White House. I think it's interesting to note that wherever your political ideologies are, my discussions tonight would not be about politics, but something that I find tremendous that is happening. Because there on the National Day of Prayer, Mr. Trump welcomed a host of of church leaders to come and to be a part of the National Day of Prayer. I would just simply like to offer my thanks to this current leader and that he's inviting God back into the country and God back into our White House and making God available to the people of this country. Just yesterday I saw a quote that this gentleman had made and said this, uh, we as Americans, we are Christians, so we, we worship God. We do not worship government. Think about that. We don't worship the government. We worship God. But on May 3rd, 2018, President Trump, when he hosted the National Day of Prayer, he introduced a man by the name of John Ponder. He introduced a man by the name of John Ponder to the world. We would come to know that John Ponder was 52 years of age. From the time he was 12 until he was uh, 50 years old. Most of that time of his life had been spent behind bars. For almost 40 years of living, he had been arrested, been incarcerated for different purposes. But in, it was late 2004, it was late 2004 that Mr. Ponder was arrested for bank robbery. He got him on camera. They picked him up, and then they, they went and they found him, and they arrested him. While in prison, while in prison, he began to recognize his need, that his life needed to be a little different, that he, he, needed, he needed more to his life than what he was experiencing. So one night, he was listening to the radio and heard a Billy Graham broadcast. And when he heard that Billy Graham broadcast, he said, that's what I need. And he began to ask the Lord to help him. He got a Bible, started reading his Bible, started studying and started seeking the Lord. He made a new commitment to the Lord that day. And then from 2000 and, and, um, 2004 until late 2017, John spent those next 10 years of, of his life. He spent those next 10 years uh, telling people about Jesus and, and, and helping people and, and his fellow prisoners. He started telling them and helping them and wanted them to do better with their life. And so it was late 2017 that John was released. Um, he was released from prison. When, when he was released, John Ponder stepped outside the prison. He was met there by a man whose name was Richard Beasley. The president uh, on May 3rd, he invited John Ponder to the platform there in the Rose Garden. And he introduced Mr. Ponder 
to America and to the world. But that's not the only man he introduced that day was because um, he also introduced to the world an FBI agent by the name of Jason Beasley. Mr. Beasley came to the podium and the president's story would continue. He said, the day that John Ponder got out of prison, when he went out the gate, he, he was met by this man, this FBI agent, whose name was Jason Beasley. He said, Mr. Beasley was the FBI agent who, in, in 2003, he, he began to follow and begin to track uh, this man named Ponder who had robbed this bank in California. He, he, began to, he began to search for him. He tracked him down. He arrested Ponder for the bank robbery. He put him in jail. He testified against him in his trial. And it's the testimony of Mr. Beasley that put Mr. Ponder in jail for bank robbery for 10 years. But when Mr. Ponder, John Ponder, stepped out of prison in 2004, there was one person waiting for him outside the gate of the jail. And when he stepped out there was FBI agent Jason Beasley waiting on him when Mr. Ponder walked out Mr. Pete Mr. Beasley walked up stuck out his hand and said you may not remember me but I'm the agent who searched for you I'm the agent who arrested you and I'm the agent who helped put you in prison these last 10 years but I'm also the agent that's meeting you when you come out these doors we would come to learn that Mr. Beasley would, would tell the nation in his comments that my single purpose for having been an FBI agent was for this man you can go YouTube this this is not, uh, this is not something that you can't find this is, this is current events he said my single purpose my single purpose for having been an FBI agent was so I could, I could get this man off the wrong track that he was on and get him on the right track. And he got in prison and, and he, got, he, got, he, you know, he found the Lord and started seeking the Lord while he was in prison. And he told the nation in front of our president and all of those that were there in the Rose Garden just two months ago, he said, I love John and John is my brother. And, and he, he's, he's loving the Lord and living for the Lord today. He said, for because I believe it was my calling to arrest him and put him in prison. So there in the Rose Garden, John and Jason, here they were in the Rose Garden, a black man, an ex-bank robber, and a white man, a, a, um, an FBI agent, uh, there in front of the entire country. They embraced each other. And our president stepped up and he told those two men, gentlemen, your testimony is not a testimony of yourself. But your testimony here today is a testimony of what the power of prayer can do and what the miracle working power of a God can do. Amen. John's life was a mess, and he got put in prison. But he had a change while he was there. And when he walked out, the man that locked him up helped unlock the chains of his life and made it possible for him to come face to face with Jesus Christ. I've come tonight to tell you, no matter how messy your life is, no matter how far in the jailhouse you may find yourself, no matter what you may be lost, 
locked up in or with or for. I've come with a word from God for somebody today that your life cannot be so messed up that God cannot touch you. Your life cannot be so upside down that God cannot set your life right side up. And I've come with faith in my heart tonight. And I've come with determination in my spirit this evening. There's some confusion that might be in this room. But by the authority of the Holy Ghost, the confusion in your life can be taken care of by the work of the Holy Ghost on a Sunday night. I don't care how messed up your life is. I don't care how messed up you are. I don't care how, how, how crazy things might have been. I stand here with a faith and confidence in a God who can take the crazy out of your life, who can take the insanity out of your life, who can take the upside down circumstances and straighten things out in your world. And I want you to receive a word from God tonight. It doesn't matter your circumstance. Our God is able. The Lord is able. The Lord is able. The Lord is able to fix you. Somebody give God some glory here tonight. Amen. 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 If you think your life is a mess, you don't have to read very far in the Bible that you don't find there were people that were messed up in the Bible too. There were people who had circumstances in their life that things were just too tangled up and they didn't, they did not know what to do. There was, there was one woman who, who was, uh, who had been married five times and she was, she was living with somebody that she wasn't married to. That's six men. She's got one one relationship. The one, the current one, is all whacked out. But the probably the reason the one she's got now was whacked out because she had five husbands. I don't know if she was widowed five times. I don't know if she'd been divorced five times. But when you've had five husbands, there's some situations in your life that you don't know what to deal with. And so here she is with garbage and confusion and upside down circumstances in her world. But one day, she went to the well to draw water. But unbeknownst to her, the Lord of the ages, the King of Kings, had gone to meet her at the well. And she arrived with her confusion and her mess but God arrived at that same time and he would bring peace and he would bring hope and he would bring happiness it didn't matter what her failures were it didn't matter what was wrong in her life he was more than willing to take the stuff that was there and to change it around. I can tell you story after story in the Bible of things that were so messed up. Of people whose lives were so... I don't know. I just want to talk. Let me just talk in all American language here for a moment, okay? It's just all American English I want to talk to you. You can look in the Bible and you can find people whose lives were messed up. Whose lives were jacked up. Whose lives were just so... There was no order there was no 
chaos and they did not know what to do. But when they would come face to face with Jesus Christ and when they would step into his presence, he was more than willing to fix them. He was more than willing to transform them. He was more than willing to let the miraculous unfold in their life. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt with the feelings and pressures and spirits that I discern here tonight, the Lord wants to come into your life. He wants to deal with your confusions. He wants to deal with your jacked up situations. He wants to deal with stuff you cannot begin to comprehend. And so I pray and I preach with the anointing and the fervor and the confidence of the Holy Ghost. He's going to bring the miraculous to somebody in this place tonight. Amen. 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 He's come. He's come to bring the miraculous for somebody. Amen. 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 There's one little instance in Matthew chapter 12. You find, and I just want to read chapter 12, verse 22 to you, because this, this is, this is kind of how, this is, this is how that God finds people, and then here's what he does with them. So they brought to him one that was possessed with the devil. Devil possessed him, who was blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and he saw. Here's a fellow that is demon possessed. Look at the mess that's in his life. He is full of the devil. He's got darkness inside of him. He's got all sorts of, he's hearing the voices. It's crazy inside his head. It's crazy inside his spirit. It's all crazy on the inside. He was possessed of the devil. He was blind and he was dumb. He couldn't see and he couldn't hear. So now he's filled with the devil. There's all sorts of war and confusion and stuff going on on the inside. He couldn't hear. The Bible says that, that he was dumb or deaf. He couldn't hear. And when you can't hear, that, that greatly enhances your ability to speak. And so in our language, a lot of times, we we'll say it was a deaf mute, somebody who couldn't hear so they couldn't talk. And so here's a man who couldn't hear and talk. He was full of the devil. And the Bible says he could not see. He couldn't see. He couldn't hear what was going on. And he couldn't see what was going on around him. This is what the devil will do for you. He'll get you so messed up and so upside down. You can't see what's going on. You can't see the goodness of God. You can't see hope and you can't see the future. He'll get you to where you can't hear. And when you can't hear and you can't receive, he'll have you in a place where you're just so upside down and so mixed up. But in this scripture, there was a man that was full of the devil. He was blind and he was dumb. Full of demon possessed, blind and dumb. But the Bible says the Lord healed him and the devil left him. The blind could see and the deaf could talk. You got to understand something. When you come into the presence of the Lord, when you come into the presence of the Almighty, the blind can see, the dumb can hear, and the miraculous can take place. Amen, 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 amen. You see, there comes this something that's got 
got to happen in our world. And we got to let him work the miracle out in us. Amen. 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 Jesus in, in Luke chapter 10, he makes reference to this place of Tyre and Sidon. And I'm not going to read the passage to you, but let me just tell you what he's doing. He's talking to a couple of, uh, he's speaking to four cities in Israel. And he's fussing at those cities. He is rebuking those cities. And he's telling them, I've worked miracles in your city, but yet you've not responded to me. He, he said these words. He said, if Tyre and Sidon had, had seen the things that you have been privileged to see, they wouldn't be acting like you're acting. He said, Tyre and Sidon, they, they, were, they were cities uh, much like Sodom and, and Gomorrah. They were pagan cities. They were cities that were filled with darkness. They were cities that didn't have any hope. And the Lord's saying, you know, I've been to four cities here in, in, in Israel, and I've done miracles, and you're not responding but like, like you should. But if you just think with me, Tyre and Sidon, if they'd seen some of the miracles uh, that you had seen, uh, they would respond. And if they'd had my presence uh, like you've had my presence uh, they would do it different uh, and so he, he gives uh, he gives kudos to Tyre and Sidon and he rebukes uh, those four cities in Israel and then he turns right around and makes a road trip uh, he gets in his car he jumps in the vehicle and makes a road trip straight to Tyre and Sidon and when he arrives there in Matthew chapter 15 Jesus went thence uh, and departed into the coast uh, of Tyre and Sidon and when he arrives there, behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now, you gotta, you've got to get the chronology here right. He has just said to those four cities, If... If Tyre and Sidon had witnessed what you'd witnessed, they wouldn't be acting like you're acting. He turns around, he goes straight to Tyre and Sidon, and on his way into town, words got out that Jesus is coming. And there's a woman, she meets him at the gate of the city, and she falls down at his feet and says, Oh Lord, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. You can't tell me Jesus didn't know his next stop was Tyre and Sidon. And you can't help me but tell me that he didn't know that there was a young lady that was demon possessed. And there was her mother that was desperate for her to be set free. He knew that. And he told Israel that Tyre and Sidon had received what I'd offered you. That you, they would be acting different. Then he proves it. He goes to Tyre and Sidon. And she meets him. And when she meets him, the Lord says, I, I can't do that for you. I, I can't heal her. It's not me for me to do that. He says, I can't let you have I can't give the, the, the crumb the, I cannot give you the bread of the kingdom of God to dogs he called her a dog but that woman fell down at his feet as she began to worship and something was moved on in the Lord that day I've come today to say that there is the miraculous that's available in this room there's deliverance that's available in this room death can leave this room depression can leave this room. Oppression can leave this room. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Somebody clap your hands with me right now. Let your faith go. Let your faith go. 
Let your faith go. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord has been moving on me of late. And again this morning early, he brought this passage of scripture into my spirit. And so uh, I want to I share, share this passage again. Last weekend, uh, this, this, was so, this was so moved on me to share at the church in Palestine when we were there with him. And so I bring this passage to you as well. It's in Ezekiel chapter 37. You can almost quote it because it just, it's so familiar. But it's a passage of Scripture that comes alive. It's a passage of Scripture that carries its own life. And I'm finding new faith and I'm... I'm finding, I'm finding new inspiration in these old prophets and these old prophetic books. And so in Ezekiel 37, verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down amid a valley that was full of bones. And he caused me to pass round about uh, uh, passed by them round about and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry and he said unto me son of man can these bones live and I answered O Lord God thou knowest so he said unto me would you prophesy unto these bones prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus saith the Lord God. And he began to prophesy to to these bones. And then in verse number 9, I want to just jump down to verse number 9. Then he said unto me, I want you to prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, And breathe upon these slain that they may live. You know this story. And you know this passage. I've preached from before. But every one of you have heard this at some time or another. But something moves in me tonight with this passage. This passage has come alive to me. And it's come fresh to me. And I feel the need tonight just to share what I feel from it to this church family. And to the guests that are here tonight. Here's the man of God. He comes up on a valley of dry bones. The Lord shows them to him. The Lord says, can these bones live? And the man says, I don't know, Lord. Only you know. And so the Lord says, prophet, here's what you're going to do. You're going to prophesy to those bones. I've come tonight to be bold enough. and I've come tonight to be brassy enough and bold enough to say, I'm going to prophesy to some bones tonight. The bones... Is what's left over from yesterday. The bones are the skeletons of a past gone awry. The bones are what's left over from a life that might have been filled with disappointment. But with a confidence in the Holy Ghost tonight. I've come to prophesy to some bones. And say you're going to live again. Bones, you're going to live again. Bones, you're going to live again. Amen, amen. Some may resist a a word of prophecy, but I'm in the word of God tonight. And I'm bold enough to declare this to you. Bones, dry bones, you're going to live. Dead bones, you're going to live. Mixed up bones, you're going to live. Lost bones, you're going to live. 
Ah, you're not getting with me yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to prophesy to the bones. You got to prophesy to the depression. You got to prophesy to the addiction. You got to prophesy to the failure. You got to prophesy to the divorce. You got to prophesy to the sickness. You got to prophesy to the garbage and the mess. And tonight I prophesy to bones and say, You're going to live. 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 Live. You're gonna live. Ah. You say, preacher, I don't know about all of that. You just hang on and I declare a word of God for you and I prophesy to your life and I prophesy to your circumstance and say, you're gonna live. Life is coming, hope is coming, faith is coming, a promise is coming. Somebody ought to get on your feet and say, thank you, Lord, for a word. Thank you, Lord, for encouragement. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So I prophesy to your death, and I prophesy to your disappointment, and I prophesy to your sadness, and I prophesy to your loneliness, and I prophesy to your depression, and I prophesy to your addiction, and I prophesy to your poverty, and I prophesy to your upside-down emotions, and I say they're going to live again. They're going to live again. They're going to live again. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, hallelujah. The story goes on. The story goes on. He said, prophesy to the wind. And so Ezekiel said, so I prophesied to the wind. And there's two things that sometimes you got to do to get a victory in your life. You got to look the dead bones in your life and say, I'm going to conquer you. You prophesy to the deadness, and you prophesy to the hopelessness. But then there's also a moment you got to be bold enough. You can see bones, and you can see failure, and you can see dis- you can see all of that stuff. That's literal things that you can see. But the man of God was told, now you prophesy to the wind. You prophesy to the wind. The Bible says that a wind began to blow and it came across that valley where bones had come together and bodies had reformed. Now there was a breath of life that began to flow and blow across that valley. And when it came, the breath of life came into that mighty host of things that were dead. And so he had prophesied to the bones, then he prophesied to the wind. And so sometimes you got to prophesy to things you see, and then you got to prophesy to the stuff that you can't see. Amen. 
I'm, I'm feeling bold enough tonight just to say it's time. It's time for some stuff that we can't see to get healed in some of your lives. It's some time for some stuff that we don't know about to get healed in your life. And so it's with boldness tonight that I will declare and I'll prophesy to the winds of depression. And I will prophesy to the winds of oppression. I will prophesy to oppression. And I will prophesy tonight to the sadness. And I'll prophesy tonight to your emotions. And I'll prophesy tonight to your brokenness. And I'll prophesy tonight to the upside down mess inside of your spirit. And I speak to what I can't see. I've already spoken to stuff I could. But now I can't see it. And I'm operating with faith. And I say by the authority of the Holy Ghost. By the authority of the Holy Ghost. By the authority of the Holy Ghost. I say blow, wind blow. Blow, wind blow. Ah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. 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 Uh, Something's moving on me tonight. Uh, I think it's time for something to break loose in this house. Uh, And I prophesy against every spirit of unbelief, uh, every spirit of confusion that's trying to rise up. uh, And I say by the authority of the Holy Ghost, uh, the wind of the Spirit is about to blow in this house. Uh, The wind of the Holy Ghost uh, is about to blow in this tabernacle. Ah. And I say, blow, wind blow. Blow in here, Holy Ghost. Blow in here, deliverance. Blow in here, faith. Blow wind. Blow wind. Somebody turn your faith loose. Somebody turn your faith loose. And I challenge you to tell the wind to blow. And you prophesy to that wind and say, wind, you blow in my life. Wind, you blow in my spirit. Wind, you blow into my soul. Wind, you blow in the depth of my heart. Ah, I've been dead, but the wind's going to blow. Ah, hallelujah. I've been dead, but the wind's about to blow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not ready to stop. I want, to, I want the wind to blow across this whole house. I want that wind to blow through this tabernacle. I want that wind to blow out of the front doors. I want the wind of the Spirit to blow. And I say, Holy Ghost, you blow in here. And freedom, you blow in here. And liberty, you flow in here. Ah. Ah, I want to, 
I'm going to preach to some dead stuff. And I declare, I declare freedom in your mind. Oppression out of your mind. I declare condemnation for the wind to blow across condemnation. For the wind to blow across guilt. For the wind to blow across your failures. For the wind to flow across your yesterday. And I say blow, wind blow. I say the wind is going to blow in here. The wind is blowing across you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Is anybody ready for a demonstration of the Holy Ghost?